coming up today on David versus Goliath. Be clear on what and the how becomes easy. The government can't do that. <laughs> it's too big. It was that math and that that kind of algorithmic approach to business operations that most creatives never think of. <laughs> That was good. <laughs> and he became a client. <laughs> There's nobody else that's bringing sexy back but you, my man. Did you Donald Trump these people? Did you Donald Trump? You're fired. Welcome to today's episode of David versus Goliath, a podcast dedicated to helping small businesses leverage technology to not only help them compete against their large competitors, but win. Your host is currently the CEO of Anthem Business Software, a free time Inc. 500 recipient and a serial entrepreneur with a passion to help small businesses everywhere find, serve, and keep more customers profitably. Please join me in welcoming your host, Adam DeGrade. Hey everyone, it's Adam DeGrade with another fantastic edition of the David versus Goliath podcast. This week is part two of our first quarter All-Stars of 2022. We've been adding thousands of subscribers to this podcast every single month, and we don't want you to miss out. So we're going to recap the last six episodes that we've actually recorded. So you can go back, little snippets of the interviews to see if you like them. Go back, watch the full ones. You can get an idea and a flavor for each one of them. I love doing this. This is so much fun. Today's episode is brought to you by Anthem Software, where you can find, serve, and keep more customers profitably with their all-in-one platform of software, marketing, and consulting built specifically for small businesses to help you find, serve, and keep more customers profitably. Take the 120-second tour at anthemsoftware.com. Be sure to visit us online at davidvsgoliathpodcast.com. There you can subscribe to receive our newsletter and apply to be on the show. Many of the interviews we've had in the first quarter of 2022 have come specifically from people saying, I'd like to be featured. So don't be shy. If you've got a great story and a great business and you want people to hear about it, apply on the David versus Goliath podcast website. You can also shop some merch there if you want. And you can also ask us a question all on the website. Be sure to go and do it. Check out my book on Barnes and Noble and Amazon. It's a children's book. Teaches kids bravery, gratitude, and listening. Very, very important. It's called The Adventures of Jackson, The Young Field Mouse. It's a great story. I've been telling my kids for quite some time. I've also been sharing some uh, things coming out in our music, my music that I've been working on. I actually have a couple of projects I've been working on, but the one that's been completely recorded including acoustic piano and strings, is now being mixed and mastered and will be available shortly, I would say within the next month and a half to two months or so of you watching this podcast. So I'm going to give you a little snippet, just a little teaser before we get into the recaps in part two. Here's 60 seconds of another track coming out on the album from Adam DeGrade's album, my album, called The Calm. Enjoy.
Hope you enjoyed that piece of music. I've had so much fun creating it and making it. Well, with no further ado, it is time to get into the interviews right now on the Hits Part 2 on David versus Goliath podcast. First up is a very special guest. I, I jokingly referred to her as the fairy godmother. Her ideas and her advice were so great in this episode. She's a life coach, and it's Jacqueline Mack from Live Your Best Life. And she used to, or Make It Happen Mac is what she used to call herself many, many years ago. This is a great interview. It's fun, filled wisdom, humor, and a lot of great advice. Jacqueline, take it away. I'm so grateful to have you on the podcast. I'd love for you to give the watchers and the listeners a little bit of the evolution of, you know, where you started in business to how you ended up here, because it's never a straight line. There's usually a great story behind it. So let's get right to it. Absolutely. Thanks, Adam. Yes, I um, same thing here. I think energy is contagious. Like, you know, we always say you're either a Tigger or an Eeyore, right? right. (laughs) Glasses half full, half empty, or what glass, right? So I actually, my story is pretty cool because I've always lived my life with no regrets. So did the traditional route of college, jumped right into my first job right out of college, was lucky, brought me down to Orlando, actually in Celebration, Florida, and uh, worked in corporate health and wellness in the medical field, right? So great, thought it was my dream job, even at the early age of 20 something, thought it was my dream job and this is where I was going to be forever. But I knew deep down, this was just a stepping stone. I was meant for something more. And I think that's where we get taught so much here. And yet we don't drop into here, which is our purpose, our soul, what God divinely designed us as. Because technically, Adam, we're just cells in a soul, right? (laughs) We're just energy. And it's our job to just live out our purpose. This is why I'm on a mission and on a passion on this whole trajectory to help others live out their dreams, whether it is climbing that corporate ladder, whether it's starting a new business, whether it's stopping what they signed up for, living out other people's expectations when their dream or their song is dying inside. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're 30 years old or 60 years old. Having that awakening is critical to just live out your life, which is what we're here to do is live, not just exist, right? Uh, you know, you being a being a trainer, I, I remember thousands of insurance agents at the time, you know, we would all get back together after you get off the road, and we debrief together. And we all kind of came to the same conclusion that it was in a lot of ways, very rewarding, but in some ways, incredibly frustrating, because when you think or when you realize that there's a certain percentage of clients that you work with, that you want their success more than they want their success. You, you almost there's nothing you can do at that point. You can't help them anymore because it has to be in them. I remember a meeting where uh, Tim was there and there was five. Actually, I, I actually held a meeting very similar to this and uh, the, the business will remain anonymous. They were sitting around and there was five owners in the business and it was a family business, Jackie. And so it got to the point where we we're talking about revenue growth, growth and I looked at him. I said, now, which one of you is in charge of revenue growth and they all looked at each other and I said oh I see what's going on here this is the five federal heads of insanity because if none of you if if all of you are in charge none of you are in charge and helping them identify that 
was important. But you can't, you know, the, the old saying always goes, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. And that yeah. and that's really is true when it comes to consulting. Now, when you're working with, are you working primarily with like A-type personalities or do you have work with entrepreneurs of different types of personalities? I mean, what's your, what, you know, I think that would be interesting. It doesn't matter to you yes. or... No, I mean, it, it matters, but it doesn't matter. Like busy, successful, um, C-level executive, entrepreneur, not sure. Most of my clientele nowadays, honestly, they already have hit some success and they either hate what they are doing, they want to fall back in love with it, or they're too busy or they're super successful and feel guilty for wanting more. Those are usually the types that I'm, that are gravitated towards me because there's a lot to be said and done there in ways that... They, the doing and the busyness and the hustling and the grinding, and they honestly have to build up new boundaries to break down business boundaries to level up exponentially to impact whoever they're serving, but also to exponentially grow their, their profits and their resources to grow a bigger business, right? Mm, yeah. And they also need to tap into intention. Intention and our attention is where our energy is going to go, right? And that's where we're going to grow. And this is why I love challenges. People bring me the juiciest most, you know, dumbfounding, can't get over it type of challenges. That's where I thrive because I am a recovering perfectionist. I am a recovering control freak and I am a type A personality alpha. And yet I don't have to take that on, but I get to help them see things in different ways and Mm. take off the blinders because the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. Totally. And embrace the change and and change is going to happen. That's what's guaranteed in life, right? You're either going to change and grow or you're going to not die, right? And and that's the whole thing of living versus existing, you know, waiting till someday or when I make X amount. I don't care how much a business is made or how successful they think they are. It's not until they decide where do they really want to be? What do they really desire? And desire is different than want and need, right? Even though sometimes I could say, Adam, you know, what do you want? And you're like, blah, 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 right? And I can say, Adam... No, what do you desire? And then you're like, oh, great. That that puts a heavier weight on the word, right? Because we really want to focus on when you desire, you can have it like this. You really can. It's already done. Like, and it's and it's not woo-woo metaphysics, even though there's a lot more science supporting that. But it's very practical, science-based, you know, information that we're we're learning more and more about. But you've got to be clear on it first. Be clear on what, and the how becomes easy. Jacqueline, thank you so much for joining us on DVG. We had such a great time. Well, I've been learning a lot about the government contract business and what that means and how the government sets up large contracts to be filtered to what they call subcontractors. And then they also designate a certain percentage of those budgets for those contractors to spend with other contractors like the A8, HubZone, Veteran-Owned, women-owned, minority-owned businesses. It's a great program. And I learned from one of the best in in the industry called Eric Coffey from GovCon Giants. He has his own podcast. He has his own brand. He's written books. And it was a great interview. Enjoy. Here's Eric Coffey. (music) 
Yeah, and, no what, and what, what I've also discovered too, Eric, and so just for the listeners and the watchers, your company specializes in helping smaller companies get a piece of these contracts yes. from what are called prime contractors is probably what yes. I'm assuming. So a prime yes. contractor is what, like what he said. They're, they're the companies that go in, they get the big dollar commitment from the federal government or different entities within the federal government. And then right. they're required by the regulations to spend a certain percentage of that budget on small businesses, hub zones, uh, A8 companies, different mm -hmm. designations to share mm -hmm. the love. And so you probably are part of not only helping them get that business, or are you primarily them uh, going from a sub to a prime? Sub to prime. So we, 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 I mean, we help them get that business, but really the, the, the end game is to become primes. Um, and, and the reason why is from all of the, and I've, I've been doing this since 2007, from all of my years of doing this and all of my experience and, and actually now being on YouTube for four years, having my podcast for three years. So I've spoke to thousands of small businesses, thousands, thousands, thousands. And I've also spoke to hundreds of, of government agencies, right? Sub agencies as well. And what I've found is that our government because they don't have the ability to go out and just buy like the best product or service based on like, okay, Adam, most of your listeners and users, when they go shopping for something, they're looking at the ratings, they're looking at the view reviews, right? When you go to restaurants, right? That's how you decide on, Hey, if I'm in a new town, what your friends are I've saying, never eaten this, huh? what, right. what your friends are saying, stuff like that. Yeah. Wait, exactly. The government can't do that. <laughs> it's too big. So the, so the government does not have the ability to say, you are the best product, the best service provider. We want you. They don't have that luxury. Hence the fact that the top 100 are still the top 100 because. Well, that's the fact that the top 100 stay in the top 100. Correct. Right. Because they know how to play the game. And so what happens is because the government does not have that luxury to just go out and buy the best company, the best entity that's out there, they only get to buy from the people who are in the pool that have solicited to them. That's the pool at which they can buy from. That creates a very limited pool of qualified companies that are able to service our United States government. And so we're not going to get into the politics of it all. But if you can imagine that for me, when I learned that, I said, well, there's a lot of excellent companies out here that could be helping, right, with furthering our mission, whatever that mission is, right, for an agency or sub-agency. And so there's a lot of really good companies that because they're not in that pool, um, they're not being considered for opportunities. And it's just really, I think it's unfortunate. And so what I try to do is to, to showcase through myself as a, an example, first and foremost, okay, I'm the test dummy. So no one has to worry about making, I, I, I spend my money, I lose my money, right? First, before I tell anybody to do anything. And so I go through and say, look, Hey, um, I show you how, what it looks like on the other side. What does it take to qualify? You know, and, and I debunk a lot of the myths. Now, do you have, do you have any pet peeves at all? Yes. I would like to hear people who them. complain, complain about what? Anything, <laughs> anything. 
I don't like people complaining, man. I, I don't like to hear it. I, you know, I I have a, something that I say all the time to people. Well, you must have is, been really frustrated the last two years because everyone complained about everything. It's, you know, um, it's interesting. I, you know, I don't because one of the things, Adam, and I'm sure you've experienced this, right? They say... As you become more successful, your circle gets smaller and your friends, right? You have different kind of friends and things like that. So I really don't surround myself with those kind of people. Um, and, and because they pull me down and that, that energy for me is I, I tell anyone and I can even give you a story that just happened to me when I was on a trip. I just came back from uh, vacation this past week. But it's, it's just that I say, look, don't take me on the roller coaster with you. I said, I said you know, I don't want to go on that roller coaster of would you believe what happened to me today, Adam? This car almost sideswiped me, and so I had to swerve out the thing. I came back in, and man, I I could have died today. And I said, but nothing happened to you. Like I don't, I don't like what I said. Like not like nothing. How about? But you don't understand, man. <laughs> you it could have happened, man. You don't is, whoa, man. I, I, if I hadn't, and I and I just say, look, please, just. Don't just not. I don't want to go on a roller coaster with you. You know, it's funny. You know? It's funny you say that because <laughs> you know every one of us has. We have our own roller coaster, Ron. Right? It's like the last thing. We yes. Have. Oh my goodness! Are you kidding me? I mean, like <laughs> it's so true. Every day is a could have almost. You know, this could have almost happened to any one of us, right? You could have, like, wow, lightning struck the building next to me. It, it could have struck my. I just. I I, I don't know. I I um. I'm a half glass, half full guy. So for me, that's a big pet peeve of mine. Just people. Me, me too. It's funny because a negative attitude has never yielded a positive result. And that is so true, by the way, because bad attitudes are contagious. Good attitudes are contagious. And the reason why people listen to your training, because I saw your face every time I watch your videos. And the reason why they tune in here is because they need an injection of positive in their life. There's a ton Come of on. negative. We want to be the fuel that's giving people wisdom, ideas, information. I call right. it three things, education, inspiration, and activation. And the last thing I need to hear about is, you know, the bad dinner you were served last night. <laughs> you know, <just> like, <laughs> hey, hey, let's just be thankful we had dinner last I mean, night, right? On, let's just be thankful right? we had dinner last night. And we're going to take a break right now from our corporate sponsor, Anthem Software. We'll be right back. Anthem Business Software System is designed to specifically help small businesses just like yours find, serve, and keep more customers profitably. We do this by providing you with the most powerful software, automations, and marketing services to help your business compete and win in this ever-changing digital world. Take a short video tour at AnthemSoftware.com. DVG podcast. You're listening to the hits part two of the all stars of the first quarter of 2022. This next interview was one of my favorite interviews with a gentleman named Eric Branner. Eric Branner is a classical guitarist. He owns a music sh a school and he also owns an amazing software startup 
called Fonz.com. This interview was so much fun, had the most views of any other episode we've had so far this season in 2022. So check it out. Here's Eric Branner. I guess around five and a half years ago, six years ago, I was just really hungry for something different. And I was, you know, that feeling of being like, I've been doing this for a long time. I was successful at it. I was raising my family, but I was really ready to just kind of inject something else into my existence. And I was thinking, okay, MBA time, law school time. And then I just had this opportunity to work with somebody who is a very well-known person in Silicon Valley, uh, who I'd known through, um, through the Seattle scene for a very long time. Uh, who basically gave me this opportunity to do a tech startup. That's great. Which I had never, it never crossed my mind, but he's like, hey, you know, you, you're running a very successful business. And what if we automate what you do? Because I know my, my wife, Allison, was running my music school and it took her, you know, 12, 15 hours a week to do a great job. You know, we were a real white glove, uh, local kind of institution. And, you know, we had really compelling, awesome customers that we need to take care of. And so anyway, next thing you know, I'm in this room full of, engineers, designers, UX, UI people, basically to study the work that I did to basically automate my music school. And very quickly they realized, because I thought that I was, I knew it all. They're like, everything you're doing is so inefficient. Like whatever this model is that you've done, we're going to gut it. And it was a battle. Uh, and, in do- and I'm really glad we did have that battle because it was that math and that that kind of algorithmic approach to business operations that most creatives never think of. Yeah, totally. They, they said, you need to go interview 500 more people like this is. And so I set off and made a bunch of relationships, not just looking at music schools, but looking at personal trainers, gyms, because they're so motivated, uh, academic tutors, anybody that kind of trades time for money. We started looking into these their relationships right? The relationship-based business where there's trust, it's recurring, it's developed over time. And so that was kind of, that was the basis for Fonz is to create this platform that built a really healthy, beautiful, professional relationship that was automated and took that friction out. There's a dramatic need for simplifying and automating these processes in businesses' lives. And a lot of people don't think about it, but you did. And I got to tell you, kudos to you, man, because I love the name of what Fonz means to you. Put here on the sheet, it says, it means fountain or wellspring in Latin. And as soon as I said that, I said, oh, I got to interview this guy because not only is he a sharp entrepreneur, he's obviously a decent musician. And I, I don't, do you have any music, by the way? I'd love for you to send me some of your classical uh, performances. Oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah, because you know what we're going to do, actually? Before I continue, we're going to play a quick 30-second clip of that right now. Here's Eric's song. We'll be right back. Thank you for being a part of the DVG podcast. We really, 
truly enjoyed every minute of it. Well, following Eric was a very interesting individual named Eugene Tinker. We had so much fun, Eugene and I, on this episode. We laughed. I actually titled the episode, Send the Shoe. Here's Eugene. Enjoy. Tell the listeners a little bit about how it was probably chaotic in the beginning. And at what point did you start to have the ability to build a team where you could actually strategize and have plans and goals together? I guess I can tell you, like, one thing I do, because I mentor companies, I probably got six companies I'm mentoring right now, right? And one of the biggest things that I tell them to do is build a vision board, right? You build a vision board. A vision board, to me, is a business plan, right? Because the only person that can see that vision is you. So what I started doing was, I, I in turn, when I started a business, I said, I got to have employees, right? And so when I said I had to have employees, I didn't have the money to buy employee. What I did was I went out and got interns and I made those interns look like I had employees. So when I walked in the room, I walked in the room with like three interns, but all of them had on shirts and everything like me, but I was the CEO and everything. So when those interns that I was training, I basically said, hey, look, we're going to do this work. And this work, if you have any issues, I need you to walk to the bathroom, pick up your cell phone and give me a call. <laughs> right. Don't let the customer know that you don't know the answer to what they're asking you. You go to the bathroom and give me a call and then I give you the answer. and You walk back in and you you give them the answer that they're looking for. Or, you know, you make that phone call and have those earbuds in to basically say, hey, this is what the answer is, but I always stayed on standby just to make the company look bigger. Because what happened was a lot of times those companies will say, how can I give you a contract when it's just you? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, and, and, a, and it's definitely a good question. And I think that's a really interesting strategy because, you know, perception, as we know, Correct. definitely becomes reality. And so if you walked in with just yourself and you could, I guess you could have alter egos, you could have. You know, I'm Eugene and then, you know, on, on the weekends, I'm Stanley or whatever. But at the end of the day, having those interns there gave you that fortitude and even become long term employees. Correct. So what I did was <clears throat> I trained those interns, <clears throat> excuse me, and got those interns certified. And those interns actually went off to Iraq and made like six figure salaries. Um, so basically they worked for me for a while and they became employees. As I started to generate, my first contract was $80,000. That's great. So I got that contract about eleven fifty I'll never forget September the 30th, at 11.59. So the government has to give out all this money by September the 30th. Um, you know, that's when they end. We got our budget completely cleaned out by September the 30th. So 11.59 p.m., my phone started ringing. I pick up the phone. They said, hey, I got a direct award for you to do some work uh, at Maxwell Air Force Base. Can you do it? I said, yeah, I can do it. That's great. And so those interns that was there, those guys were, we had to do an access database. So those guys were my first, like they had their first employment through me. And what I was doing was I was paying them and training them at the same time. Yeah, that's great. And so it made me come up with a strategy that like, hey, we can basically be able to get interns because we can't afford some of these individuals that's coming in with this experience. I could train these interns at a lower cost 
be able to give the government what they need and we'll be able to save money and actually be able to build a company. So what we do, we'll bring in one senior level person and then that senior level person will have those junior levels and we'll train them. And one of the interns I have right now came in making $12 an hour. Now he's my, my chief of technology officer Amazing. in the company. Everyone listening, persistence is critical. You know what I did uh, one one day on a sales call? I had this car. I was a I was a radio sales guy, and I and I literally could not get my foot in the door. So I took my shoe off, and I wrote a note, and I put it inside. Wow! And I FedExed it. The guy got my shoe the next day with a note sticking out of it. And it says, now that I have one foot in the door, can I get the other one in? <laughs> that and, was good. <laughs> and he became a client. And he wow. was a client all the years I was a radio rep. And it's like, you know what it is, guys? It's not like an arrogance that Eugene is talking about or that I'm talking about. It's just that we know we can help people and that we, can, we deserve the job. We deserve the chance. Mm -hmm. And so when you have that belief and that confidence, you know, it makes all the difference. And we have to take another break from one of our other sponsors here on the David versus Goliath podcast. We'll be right back. At King 16, our agency has done some exciting things over the years. We've designed and built amazing experiences for customers and launched several vehicles for Audi and Porsche. We've thrown extravagant parties inside whiskey distilleries and featured amazing products for brands like Ray-Ban and Fossil. We booked some incredible talent and designed cutting-edge stages for those performances. We even threw a red carpet gala in the middle of nowhere on a horse farm with hundreds of celebrities, which was difficult. I guess you could say we've done some amazing things for our brands and partners. Now the only question is, what will King 16 do for you? Find out at king16.com. That's King S I X. T-E-E-N.com. the final segment of the part two of the all-stars first quarter 2022 it's been so much fun eugene it was great having you thank you for joining us hope you people enjoyed eugene i had a blast with him but on to kurt kempton what an amazing episode as a matter of fact i thought kurt was actually going to cry at one point during this episode. He's so grateful. He's filled with so much passion, so much enthusiasm for his business. There's so many great lessons in this one. I learned a ton, and I think you will as well. Here's a little bit of that interview with Kurt Kempton. Enjoy. In the window cleaning world, there's an association called the Interna International Window Cleaning Association, IWCA. And... I realized, actually it was Clayt Mask. I was at a, uh, I was at a uh, focus group. It was actually being run by, um, at the time, I believe it was Scott Martineau that was running that meeting. So they're like co-founders. 
but he was trying to figure out product stuff and Clayt walks into the room and he goes, hey guys, um, I'm excited to hear you guys are doing this thing today, but I got a quick question before you get started. Tell me about company culture. And so they're going around the room and basically I'm in the room with a bunch of like really high-end people, so to speak. Like there's real estate agents, there's a person running a chiropractic office, there's a dental office manager there. Um, basically just like people who weren't running window cleaning companies. How about that? All right. So I'm sitting at this table. He goes around the table and he's like, what do you guys do for company cultures? Like the first person was like, yeah, we, we give everybody one day off a week. We just work Monday through Thursday and we let them spend th Friday, Saturday, Sunday with their families. And I remember at the time I had a helper. So I remember thinking, wow, that's pretty cool. But the next person was like, we, uh, we actually rent a cabin up in the woods for, uh, two weeks a year and we just let all the families come up and use this cabin and do this thing. And, and I'm like, oh, wow. And now I'm starting to feel like one of these things doesn't belong in the, in the room. And I'm starting to scratch my head thinking, what am I going to say? <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a, a story. I could yeah, tell what's some sort? Sort. Hey, I give my guys fresh, clean towels to, <laughs> to rinse off the windows. Is that? That's about where I was and at. I, but, but I have it engraved with their name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I could embellish the truth, maybe. But that was the thing. I, um, I, as it's coming around to me, it gets to the part where the next person up is like, Hey, we, uh, we send everyone to Disneyland with their families for, for a week. And, and I'm, what I'm hearing is in my own mind, the way I'm processing it is, we have a rocket ship and we send people to Mars and we do things like this is so out of the realm of possibility for me that I'm, I feel like completely like an idiot. So when it gets to me and I wish that the world would open up and just suck me inside and I don't have to answer this question, um, my hands are sweating and I feel so stupid. And I just looked at Clay and I didn't know what else to say. I said, uh, <laughs> I said, well, my business, it's not sexy like all these other businesses. But, and I said, but, and he cut me off. He's, and he just like, <clears throat> like everything just got quiet. The whole room got quiet. Clay's looking across the you table. You said the wrong thing. I said the wrong, and I didn't know what I had said. I was like, whatever I said, how can I get it back in my mouth? Yeah, exactly. This <laughs> and I was already, I was already nervous, but now I've got the CEO of Infusionsoft, puts his hands down on the conference table, does the whole chest resting in the shoulders, shoulder blade thing. He's staring across the table at me. It feels like his nose is about to touch mine. I know there's a whole table between us, but I'm so embarrassed and nervous. And he says, he looks at everyone else at the table. And this is, this was so embarrassing. He looks at everyone and he's like, I've got this. And I'm like, what does he have? What did I say? Did I say something wrong? He said, he looks at me and he takes one hand off the table and he points it right at me. And he says, shame on you. Mm. Shame on you. If you don't think your business is sexy. Who are you waiting to make your business sexy? Are you waiting for maybe your employees? Maybe your employees will step up and make your business sexy for you. Or, or maybe your customers. Are you waiting for your customers to make your business? And I could feel the tears starting to well up in my eye. I was so nervous, embarrassed. I, I felt like this is the worst thing that could possibly happen to me. But what he said after that, it just changed everything for me. He said, he said, if you can't make your business sexy, because that's your right as an entrepreneur, then you need to go do something else. Yeah, no because doubt. this is your job. That's right, and, and, and you know, it's funny, I gotta, I gotta take a break here pretty soon, but what I love about that story is, you are the only one that can bring sexy back in your business. <laughs> There's nobody else that's bringing sexy back but you, my man. And that's so he's right. got the chest. Right. I love that, man, and he's profound, by the way. 
Because he can't love your business more than you can. And for the watchers and listeners, this is a profound moment. Do you love your business more than anybody else? Because if you don't, nobody else will. And Kurt, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. Well, last but not least, on the, so far of this year in 2022, we had my favorite guest of the year, by far my favorite, my wife, Crystal Joy DeGrade. I call this interview a little sugar on top. And I said, hey, did you Donald Trump these people? This interview was filled with a lot of intimate moments and really great advice as to how to get your business set up from the beginning to be able to exit properly at the end. She's been my CFO for my last couple of businesses, and she's our CFO of our foundation. She's the mother of my children. It's, it's just an amazing interview, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Here's a few sections of it. Enjoy. Crystal Joy Degrade. Enjoy it. I wanted to move down to LA because who doesn't want to live the the LA lifestyle. And we had a different office down there in Alhambra. And um, so I went and I started working there where it was only two other women that worked there. And I started noticing things. Actually, there were three at the time. And I started noticing things and things weren't actually working the way that they were working at our larger office. And so, you know, a lot of things happened and I had to put on some big girl pants and, and put fill a role that I didn't even know existed as, um, as manager and caring for our, our family business as an owner. Um, even though I wasn't one, I it's still our family. So I ended up having to clean out the, the, the whole office of, um, of our, our, did you Donald Trump these here. people? Did you Donald, Donald Trump? Trump? You're fired. <laughs> now, I mean, it wasn't something that I wanted to do, but they made, they literally laid it out there. So there was no other options. It was, you know, it was employment situations that, that can't happen. So, um, but there was one girl that stuck with me. She's sweetheart. And she, to this day, she's still with the agency. I love her dearly. And, um, and I think she might even be, um, I know she's a manager now. She might even be a partner. Who knows? But she is doing great. And I'm I'm grateful that she walked alongside me the whole time. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. After that, I just started running that office and um, trying out new things and and succeeding, which was awesome. Now, when you when you had to um, clean house, as you say, and Donald Trump, these people, when, Jeez. you know, I know th thinking back in these moments, like you were, you know, it, you were still relatively young. Um, you know, you had probably not been fired yourself ever. Um, I would imagine you decided your life's path. At least you've never told me you've gotten fired. I mean, unless there's something I, you know, I don't know. But, you know, no. when you sat down and had that, that first difficult conversation, were you a little nervous about it? Oh, my goodness. I was shaking. I actually had the flu. I was at home when I got the call from my brother up in our uh, office in Victorville. And he said... We have a situation. I need you to go to the office and I need um, you to be there because we're firing an employee. So you need to be there when we fire them and you have to make sure that they don't take anything and <laughs> I basically be security. And I'm five foot four, a hundred pounds. So I'm just like, okay. And I'm shaking and I'm sick and I have no energy. So 
that was that was probably the scariest. I can imagine, and them asking now. Listen, you got to make sure they don't take it. If you're thinking to yourself, uh, okay, I'll do the best I can. Block the door. When we started Crystal Clear, my my knowledge of you having sold what at that point two two other businesses. Knowing that that was the end in mind, uh, that's how I started everything. So any type of analytic report that I could create, any tracking of any numbers that I could keep up with from the very beginning, because I knew if I waited a year, two years, three years and try to go backwards, what a headache that would have been. So I started every report I could possibly imagine. Not every report did we ever ended up needing, but... um but we used them in, in our business to make decisions and to move forward, which was very helpful. And plus, I had the information at my fingertips when I needed it, which I needed it all the time. So it, it was helpful knowing what the end was when we first started. But it was a learning journey, too. So crystal clear. I mean, with Astonish, I wasn't involved in the financial side of it. So I had to learn the financial side of it um, with crystal clear. I, you know, but I... That didn't, and that that's not something to scare people. I think that the most um, beneficial knowledge that I've gathered over the years is from jumping in and figuring it out. And I don't necessarily always do it on my own. I'll call a CPA. I'll ask for help. Um, I'll read. I'm a, I I love to read anything that can help me learn something new. I'll do, but. Um, but the only way you're actually going to learn it is if you just jump into it and figure it out. Yeah. And it, it's amazing because when we started that business, we had a formula that we've used in my two previous businesses that were able to come forward. And as a CEO, you know, it was always a challenge to get that data, that really critical data and that planning point. It's almost like if you don't know where you're going, it's very difficult to figure out how you're going to get there. And so with Crystal Clear, we literally set up when I gave the presentation to potential investors at the time, we knew, well, how many clients were going to get year one, year two, year three, year four? We estimated what our retention rate would be. We estimated what our revenues would be. We estimated what we would sell the business for in the beginning. And the crazy thing about that is from that very first thing that you and I worked on at Crystal Clear, not only did we hit the numbers... We were within $50,000 of the multiple millions of dollars we thought we would end up netting at the end to the T. And that is amazing. I promoted a lot of other people's music over the years, but I haven't really promoted my own. And so Crystal encouraged me. She's like, why don't, why, why don't you make an album and do it? And I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. And so I started writing, working on some pieces on the piano. And, uh, and also acoustic guitar. And I've recorded 10 songs. And my cousin, Dave Lachance, is arranged a string quartet that we're going to see perform the music and record it uh, this Friday coming up at the time of this recording in Naples. So what I wanted to do right now is I'm going to show a rough version of this song. I'm going to play the entire song. But I'm going to do it to the montage of our, our honeymoon. Uh, not our honeymoon, our um, engagement photos and our wedding photos so people can hear the beautiful music. This is a song called You and I. It's going to be coming out on that my album very soon. 
Enjoy this video. And that rounded out the All-Stars, the final six episodes we've had so far this year in the first quarter of David versus Goliath. And next week, 
We have a brand new episode coming out. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be a ton of fun. I hope everyone is enjoying what we're doing over here. We're having a blast, and I hope you're enjoying it. Remember, this is the place you get education, inspiration, and most importantly, activation in your business. Everyone have an awesome day. We'll see you next week.